Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. This morning we have the privilege of having Jakub Prinsler come to share with us. And um, you guys might not know it, but Jakub was involved in planting this congregation very early on, right? When, what years, we, 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 between which years were you here? From 2007 until 10. And um, so um, for, for many of you, uh, Jakub might be new, but for, for, for us oldies, he's, yeah, he's, he's been around. I've known Jakub since, um, since varsity days, since university days. We were um, in university together, studied together, prayed together. Um, and, and I've always known Jakub as someone who really has a heart for, for people, um, especially getting people saved, a heart for missions, uh, and a heart to, to, to really bless people and see people grow and flourish. And, um, yeah, you can, you can really safely open up your hearts to Yaku and, and really receive from him today. He really loves the Lord, and he really love, loves God's people. He really loves us. And so please open up your hearts, and please receive uh, what uh, the Lord has to say to us through Yaku. So thanks, Yaku, for coming to share with us. Good morning. Such a blessing and a privilege to be here this morning. Thanks, Eni, for having me. Okay. Chof. I love, I love the boundaries here in this congregation. Last time I was here, they made a little compi for me. I said, you're not allowed to go out of this compi. The boundaries. It's good, eh? It's from the Lord. And now they've got a clock for me. It's awesome. It's good. Oh, I appreciate it. Uh, healthy boundaries, hey? Hallelujah. <laughs> okay. Um, sure, it is chilly. I uh, brought my scarf. Praise the Lord. But yeah, I, I, I'm gonna. Tell Philip we need some of these heaters eh? because they do make a difference. Eh? What a blessing! Um, yeah, um, yeah. Well, my children are on holiday, so it's been interesting. Um, when they tell you they've got nothing to do, eh? I just say let's take all these toys and donate them to charity because clearly you're not using them. Yeah, they're not working anyway. But. Um, but on that point, it's, ugh, I was so encouraged the other day. You know, this, this battle we have with media and children and, and uh, we were, uh, the kids, we watched some of, some of episodes of a specific series on Netflix and, um, and I was like, I, I didn't watch all of them with them, but, but uh, you know, we've been walking this road with them in terms of trusting that they would discern. Obviously, we have to discern and teach them, but then they also have to discern. And then Abigail, our eldest, came to me one day. She said, she feels we shouldn't watch this anymore. And I was like, hallelujah. <laughs> it's almost better. That's better than me telling her. Amen? And I tell her, that little voice, that's the one you need to be listening to. Amen? That really encourages me. Uh, you know, the Lord is faithful and gracious in our parenting 
in spite of us. Amen? Hallelujah. Anyways, um, let's pray. Get into the Word. Father, we're so thankful for your presence in this place. Thank you for your peace, Lord. Thank you for your Word. And we open our hearts right now, Lord. You open our hearts boldly, Lord, because we know that you are a good Father. And we can trust you, Lord. And we lay aside stuff that worries us and make us anxious, stuff that we're concerned about, that's consuming our minds. And we just decide, right, choose right now to lay those things aside, Lord. And we choose to trust you with these things. And we thank you, Lord, that we can welcome you, Holy Spirit, as our teacher, and that you would lead us into truth, Lord, that you would meet each one where we are at, and that we would be transformed into your image, and that your name be glorified in us this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, this morning, I, I have in my heart uh, just, I think what would be really amazing if each one of us could share something of what God has done in our lives. Obviously, that's not going to be possible this morning, but it's each one of us have these stories of where God intervened and where things didn't look so great, you know, and then God did something. And, um, and it's, what's so encouraging is that the Scripture is full of this. Because that's what God is all about. Amen. And uh, I want us to just have a look at a couple of these moments. We call them but God moments. Amen. And I really trust that Lord will speak into every one of our situations and encourage us. Amen. So let's read from Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2. Oh, this is okay. Uh, okay, sorry, my my fault that there's no PowerPoint. That mine is my presentation is dependent on internet, so you're gonna have to follow in your Bible. That's not a bad pl- thing. Old school, or do your thing on your app. Alrighty, Ephesians two from verse one. Once you were dead. Because of your disobedience and your many sins. This is the New Living Translations. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. But by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. And then verse 4, but God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace that you have been saved. For He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with Him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. This is the biggest but God moment. Amen? When we were dead in our sin, but God 
rich in mercy. Amen. And I'm going to look at a bunch of bad God moments. Obviously, uh, there's too many, but I'm just going to pick on one or two uh, throughout Scripture, and then we'll get back to this one. Amen. Let's look at Genesis chapter 7. And just very brief context. Now, God gave Noah this instruction. And please go and read it again. It just blows the mind because the instructions that God gave Noah were out of this world, never seen before, nothing like ever, anybody had ever done before, right? So this is not just like build a little boat. It was completely out of everybody's frame of reference, all right? And uh, he was so faithful and obedient, and he kept on in obedience to what God was telling him to do. And then sure enough, the rains came. And then sure enough, you know, the you know, Lord brought the animals onto the ark, and he closed the ark, and they were in the ark. But as far as I remember, God did not give Noah too much information about what was going to happen after the rains. I mean, if I remember this correctly, there wasn't like, on this date, this is going to happen, and then just hang in there for 40 days. No. <laughs> We, we have the hindsight of the situation. He didn't have a clue how long it's going to rain, okay? Um, so just keep that in the back of your mind. This was just carrying on. And then, okay, let's read from verse 7. I'm, I'm going to just pick out one or two verses here, verse of chapter seven twenty-three, and then also going to chapter 8. Only Noah was left and those who were with him in the ark, and the waters prevailed on the earth. 150 days. Right. So it was raining for 40 nights. Then the water was just not subsiding. It was just the fountains of the deep were still going. And and then I can just think, you know, Noah's there in the boat thinking, okay, I'm sure I followed the Lord's instructions. You know, where did we miss each other? <laughs> what, what part did I miss? You know, because... She, this is not ending. Uh, this is just carrying on. And then, uh, this is chapter 8. But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth and the waters subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows of heavens were closed. The rain from the heavens was restrained and the waters receded from the earth continually. But God remembered Noah. He did not forget him, amen, uh, out there on the water. But the con- the, the, what happens after this is they had to wait another couple of months. 150 days is about, what is it, five months? Guys, I don't know. I, I like boats, but five months. And then... <laughs> After that, all in all, their time in the ark was close to a year, eh? Any? But that they didn't know beforehand. <laughs> but God was with them. I mean, He remained with them and He He remembered His promise. He remembered what He He remembered Noah. Um even even in the midst of our obedience sometimes we wonder. Has God forsaken me? <laughs> Did I miss him somewhere? Did I hear it wrong? You know, we uh, back when when we got married, uh, 
I got back from a mission trip where I, I spent my last cent to go on the trip with my fiance. Then, I don't know. And then I didn't have any money for the honeymoon, but I, I was full of faith, right? So I booked this amazing honeymoon. And, and then by the time I had to pay, I was like, oh dear, you know, and I, I still didn't have much on my name. And then I remember Pastor Z was telling me, what you started in faith, don't, don't go into doubt and fear now. You know, you started in faith. <laughs> and, uh, and like with Noah, hallelujah, the Lord provided miraculously. Um, we didn't have to cancel any part of the honeymoon. But um, don't, when you started something in faith, don't falter along the way. I mean... Hang in there. Hang in there. Okay, let's carry on. Let's look at Joseph. Hallelujah. Joseph. Genesis 50. Okay, I, I don't have time to do the whole story of Joseph, but he started off with incredible promise. He had this, I'm sure, he had plans and ambitions, and he was the favorite son. He was probably going to take over the family business, right? He, he had everything set out for him. Right? And then stuff just went horribly pear shaped. <laughs> he was almost killed by his brothers. Then he was sold as a slave. So he went from that, everything is set out before him, made for life, to a slave. From there to a slave in prison, wrongly accused, imprisoned. Then there was a Hope of maybe getting out of prison, and then the guy forgot about him. You know, it's just, it's just. <laughs> and then at the end, you know the story. The you know, Lord takes him out of there with just a crazy turn of events, and he's put in authority. And then he comes to a point. Now this is this taken years, right? This by the time he, I think by the time he meets his brothers again, it was thirteen years. Um, actually, no, 13 years when he got out of prison. I think by the time he met his brothers, it was about 20 years because it was the, the seven years extra. Any case. And then, so only then would the Lord's plan would have become clear to him. Can you see that? That's a long time, eh? And then I just want to read this one bit here. When his, his brothers realized this is him, they were fearing for their lives because now he is an authority and he has every reason to have them killed or at least, you know, imprisoned or something. In verse 19, Joseph replied, Don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. But God intended it all for good. And I want to say something really challenging here. It sounds to me not like God turned it around for good. We, we often hope that's the case, right? But it says God intended it all. That's for me more challenging than God turned it around. There are lots of evil things happened to Joseph but God intended it like that. That was part of his plan. Isn't that a bit hectic? Even when injustice comes and sometimes things that we feel, this is so unfair, this is wrong. 
I'm just saying, hang in there. <laughs> God is able. And in this situation, I find it quite challenging because there's a lot of stuff here where God is, God is sovereign. I don't have time to go into the whole story of Joseph. It'll take us a long time. But it's challenging because even in the things that, that we feel, wow, this is all very bad things happening to Joseph, it's, we can see that this was part of God's plan. Yes, he does turn around terrible situations. I mean, hallelujah, he does that. But sometimes the terrible situation is part of his plan. I mean. Okay, let's go on. Um, I just want to read Psalm 73, also verse 26. My flesh and my heart may fail. Isn't that what happens in our bodies? Go weak and our hearts lose hope and we get discouraged you know in the in the ocean like Noah or in the prison with Joseph especially when there's periods of time that goes past right our flesh and our heart may fail but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever Psalm 73 verse 26 he is the strength of my heart he is my portion. It is when our flesh and our heart fail, when, our, when we get discouraged, it's when we come to our end, that's when the strength of God is made perfect. Amen? Unfortunately, it's all also only then often that we come to a point of receiving that grace. <laughs> when we come to the end, of our strength and the end of our wits and the end of ourselves. Often only then are we humble to receive what he has for us. May we grow to a place where we can receive before that. Amen? <laughs> um, okay. I'm just keeping an eye on these red digits here. All right. Okay, this grace. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, let's quickly look at Jonah. Jonah chapter 2, verse 5. Okay, you guys know about Jonah, right? He was called by God to be a prophet. He heard the voice of the Lord clearly. This was his calling and his gifting. He could hear the voice of the Lord and then he had to speak what God told him to the people. And then God gave him a very difficult assignment. He told him to go to a place that he despised so much. He thought they should die. They were so bad, these people, that Jonah thought they have to. They have to receive the wrath of God. <laughs> and uh, so when the Lord's word came to him, he ran the other way, literally. He got on a ship. He tried to go exactly the opposite direction, right? Don't judge. I think most of us have found us in similar situations. Um, so part of what I'm saying with, with Jonah's example is that sometimes the mess we find ourselves in is our own fault, right? Because now Jonah's on this ship. It, it's crazy. The storm is crazy. And then Jonah comes to the moment where he realizes, this is because of me. This is my fault, right? 
I, I'm caused this mess. And now I've gotten all these other people into a big mess as well. Now their lives are in danger. And hallelujah, he humbles himself and says, guys, this one's on me. Chuck me. Chuck me over the side, right? So that was quite hectic. And then, and then we, I want to read this bit because then, you know, he goes over the side. He ends up in the waves. He gets swallowed up by a fish. I have a suspicion that the fish wasn't waiting with an open mouth on the side of the boat. That's just my imagination. Right? I'm wondering whether he was just, just, just about to drown and then... <laughs> and he goes, um, and then in the, in the belly of the fish, he has this, he wrestles with God, right? And then he, he firstly what I'll say, he, he repents, but he also praises God in the middle. He doesn't praise God on the, on the beach, when he's already out, <laughs> he starts praising in the belly of the fish, all right? First, um, Jonah 2 verse 5, I sank beneath the waves, and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth, whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O Lord my God, Snatched me from the jaws of death. But you, Lord, snatched me from the Lord jaws of death. So, in this case, this situation was 100% his fault, his mess, but God's grace. Amen? Even when we've got ourselves in that mess, when we humble ourselves, because he did humble himself on the boat, he said, Guys, this is me, this is my fault. He humbled himself. Isn't it powerful that when we humble ourselves, we open that door for the grace of God to come in? God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. Up to that point, he was proud. I want to do something else. I'm going, it's not me. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm running. But when he humbled himself, he opened the door for the grace of God. And that you can apply to, I would say, almost every situation. The moment we humble ourselves, if it's a marriage challenge, if it's a work challenge, when I humble myself, I open the door for the grace of God. When I don't, I close the door. He snatched him from the jaws of death. And inside the belly, there was repentance going on, but there was also praise happening. Isn't that amazing? In the midst of, I realize, Lord, I've messed up. I should be dead right now. But God. And then he realized God is giving him a second chance. But I'm wondering whether he was still wondering, am I going to survive this in the belly of the fish situation, you know? Um, but he did praise God in the midst of that situation. And he did repent. And the Lord helped him to, continue, to obey. Amen? Maybe there's some of us here this morning that are running from obedience. We'll pray at the end. Amen? Okay. Um, in this case, and this stuff often happens, God's grace looked like a disaster. 
Okay. God's grace is in the form of a huge fish swallowing him up. I don't know about you, but that would not look like to me like deliverance in that moment. Amen? So sometimes the Lord's grace looks like a disaster. Looks like the end. But actually God was rescuing him from himself. Amen? Uh, so just make a mental note somewhere. God's grace doesn't always look like the way we want it to look. Okay. All right. If we, if we look throughout Scripture, we see the woman with the issue of blood. I'm not going to read these now. I'm just going to paraphrase. But she wrestled with this health issue, this bleeding for 12 years. 12 years. She'd done everything possible. She spent all her, all her wealth. But she was still wrestling with this. But... Jesus came to town. Amen. And she was able to reach out and touch him. Twelve years she had to wrestle with this. But God's grace was sufficient for her. Sarah, the wife of Abraham, she was barren for 90 years. Yes, guys. I don't know. That's rough. You know, we... We struggled with infertility for a handful of years, not 90 years. But God was able. I mean, he was faithful to keep his promise. I remember in those years when we weren't able to conceive, it wasn't actually so long in hindsight. I'm older now, I suppose. Uh, time changes a bit. <laughs> but um, it felt like forever. But the worst thing was when the, the doctors confirmed it's not possible for you to have children naturally. That was a difficult moment for us. And to be honest with you, many of you know this story, but I'm not going to tell the whole thing. But the, the <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we, so you must just pause the clock there. And then, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so we, we had been struggling to full pregnant for... We were still here in Joburg. We were, uh, it's the best place, isn't it? Joburg? Hallelujah. You guys are blessed to be here. Um, and I was going to say before, you're so blessed with these multi-talented pastors that you have. Amen. You know, doing the worship and everything. Hallelujah. Anyway, before I get distracted. So we were, weren't able... We were struggling a long time, but we didn't... We just kind of trying our best, you know. And then we went over to the UK, and there they had these, um, you know, national health service, so we could go for all these tests, and then they confirmed, no, it's not looking good. Issues were on my side. It's not going to be possible for you to have children naturally. So they said there's a, there's a waiting list for, um, what's that stuff, IVF. And, uh, and we went to this information session about it, it somehow, while I was sitting there, I found it very interesting, but I felt this, this is not God's provision for us. There's something else that God wants to do. But at that point, to be very honest, our faith was not at a high. We were very discouraged. 
And it was a very painful experience because it's a monthly hope, 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 pray, pray, pray. Okay, no, not this month. Um, some of you may relate. And then we learned a lot of lessons in that season. And one of them, which I want to mention, is that we didn't share this with a lot of people. We were very selective in asking people to pray for us. And then the Lord told me very clearly, he said, humble yourself. Ask, ask the congregation to pray. Yeah. It was very tough, but uh, it was an important lesson for us because when we did that, it was... It was just amazing how people just prayed for us and how the Lord gave dreams to people about us having children and falling pregnant. And then within months, um, Erna did fall pregnant. So now we have three children and they're keeping us busy. Hallelujah. <laughs> but uh, what I was trying to say is that we were prideful in a way. Because surely the pastor can't struggle with these things. I mean, <laughs> surely the, our faith must be strong enough on all kinds of nonsense going up in our heads. And then the Lord said, just humble yourself and ask the people to pray. And the various times, congregation laid hands on us. And the, the Lord is faithful. Amen. He's good. Yeah. There's so many of these stories in Scripture. Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, he's, he's, Jesus was late. How bad is that? Eh? He got distracted by this woman with the, with the blood issue. And then he was late. Can you imagine? Because by the time they got to Jairus' house, and he, his appointment was first. Eh? <laughs> That makes it even worse. Yeah, he was first in line, and then this other lady pushed in, and she got healed, and his daughter died. I'm, I'm, I'm making light of this, but can you imagine? They're running to his house, and this lady gets healed, but in that time, his daughter dies. Now somebody else has got the miracle, but I'm still in my situation. Somebody else's provision has come, I am sitting now in the worst possible situation. I can, I can, I cannot even, as a dad, I can't even think what must have, he must have been going through. Amen. God's provision is often not as easy or as on time as we would like it to be. It's we we imagine His provision to be earlier. And easier. We imagine His grace to come in a way that's that's palatable for us and and, and easier. I mean, and, and earlier. And the same with the, uh, Daniel's friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, they uh, were in a situation where they was told that unless you bow before this idol, unless you bow when the music plays you will be thrown into this furnace. And the furnace was there. It wasn't 
a promise of a furnace. The furnace was already there, you know. It wasn't a threat of a furnace that was there, you know. So they, I can imagine they were thinking, they were imagining God's deliverance coming before the fire. Amen? I would, if it was me, I was like, hallelujah, open the floodgates of heaven, Lord. Let the, let the rains, whatever, you know, the flood come and quench the fiery furnace or let the, you know, maybe, I don't know, strike everybody blind. The Lord has done that. He's done that before. Amen. <laughs> but no, they, I can imagine even, even right when they were getting close, okay, Lord, it's, Time's running short now. So often it's the case, guys. I've been there many times, Lord. And I imagine God's provision. But I've learned that once I've imagined it like that, it's not going to happen like that. And I just cross, I cross that one out. So now I just trust God and I try. <laughs> And also, if I, you know, I think, okay, Lord, this time would be, would be good and comfortable and convenient. This, if your provision would come like this at this moment, that would be really nice. But often it's not like that. Amen? <laughs> so there was a fourth man with them in the middle of the fire. Jesus Actually, oh, I don't have that scripture here, but it's, it says that there was another like the Son of Man in the midst of the fire. But they were not affected. They were in it, right? But they were not burnt. They were not singed. They, were not, they didn't even smell of smoke. Not even the after effects were there. Because he's with, he was with them right there, amen? So even when it comes late, even when it doesn't come like we thought it would come, it's sufficient for us, the grace of God. Amen. Amen. I've got a few things that I feel we need to pray about. So maybe it's good that I end a bit early. (laughs) But um, I want to just read... This uh, Psalm 34, from verse 18. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He saves the crushed in spirit. And I'll give you a moment to get there. Psalm 34, verse 18. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked and those who hate righteousness will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. He is near to those who are broken hearted and he saves the crushed and spirit on if you're finding yourself in the furnace he's near amen
in terms of what that first big but God moment that I mentioned at the beginning, the, the biggest one in all of history, the one where he sent his son in our place. We were dead in sin. But God made us alive in Christ. Amen. We were captive to the prince of the power of the air and enslaved to the course of this world. But God raised us with Christ and made us sit with him in heavenly places. We were following our sinful nature. And we were subject to the wrath of God. But God, instead of pouring out wrath, will spend eternity showing the immeasurable riches of His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. So even if all our but God moments look different, this one is the same. We were dead. We were enslaved. We were captive. But God intervened. He intervened because He knew we, we couldn't we couldn't get out of that one. There was no way we could get out of that one on our own. There's no way we could pay the price. There's no way we could carry that cross. So he sent Jesus. He made us alive in Christ. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.